With Whisk and Kev, we're coming to you live from the Salisbury Center Studios in Manassas, Virginia, fueled by Monster Energy. With the mighty Road Ducks, we got two of the <laughs> mighty Road Ducks, legendary Road Ducks. I'll add that name has been around for a little bit here in Northern Virginia. Uh, I started the band in with Bill Schmidl and Bob Gaynor in February of 1976. Did wow. our first show on March 23rd at an abandoned house in Oakton. Nice. And it did not get raided, and uh, <laughs> we were too drunk to move our gear, so we spent the night there, and it was just one of the, the starts, and you know, it was cold, but yeah. hey, we got a gig, man, you know, <laughs> it was a big deal, and uh, we were just so excited to be playing, and, you know, disco had become a phenomenon, Yeah. so to be able to get a gig at all as a rock band was, <laughs> this is great, because they didn't, every place that got rid of bands were having DJs. Yeah, awesome, awesome, yeah. were you doing covers then, were you doing originals? Um, we started out doing um, a variety of stuff, uh, country rock stuff. My Poco, uh, you know, I had a couple of really good singers, and uh, Marshall Tucker, um, uh, Pure Prairie League, mm -hmm. uh, Little Feet, uh, Eric Clapton, you know, stuff yeah. like that, trying to do a variety of stuff. And bands at that time were either top 40 or a real heavy. Yeah. You know, Fog Hat and, 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 and Kiss and ACDC. And we didn't have anybody that could sing that, ah, yeah, the real high yeah, stuff. Yeah. But we could do the country harmonies and the country rock. And we didn't like the country because it was just a little too, we were too hyper for that. So we liked the country rock, which kind of had the, the harmonies, but it, it, it still gave you an ability to be able to get out there and kick. Then I heard the Allman Brothers and went, okay. <laughs> I, was, you know, I was a 20-year-old kid when that Live at the Fillmore came out, and that was just... That was it. The fact that we got to play with them 150 times was just, you know, yeah. amazing. Get, get to see how God... I got kicked out of Lee High School for uh, truancy uh -huh. when I was a freshman. I was 14, and my dad sent me to military school in Stanton, at Stanton mm -hmm. Military Academy. And one of my classmates was Bruce Crump, mm -hmm. who was the drum, founding member and drummer for Molly Hatchet. Oh, awesome. And uh, Bruce was in the eighth grade when I was a senior. So in late 78, uh, we're in, we're the, band, the Road Ducks were living in New Haven, Connecticut, and Hatchet was on their first tour. And we went down to see them. I did not know Bruce Crump was the drummer. And we went down to see him. And this guy and I are looking at each other. And we both had really long hair and started talking and found out it was Bruce and Jay from Stanton. And they let us open for him. Mm -hmm. We got 50 bucks to play with him in Baltimore and thought it was the greatest thing <laughs> that had ever happened. Did money to do this? Oh, man. And there's <laughs> a thousand people at, yeah. this, at, at, at this place, the uh, Seagull. And you know, this is magic. So then we found out that uh, you're only going to get 50 or 100 bucks to open for bands like that. And we met the guys in the Outlaws and Blackfoot and Marshall Tucker. So the Wax Museum in D.C. went out of business. And uh, we went down and bought their PA and lighting system. Interesting. Nice. So now we're able to book ourselves as an opening act for 50 bucks, but rent the production for two to 3000 a night. Yeah. So we would do Raleigh, Virginia Beach, Richmond, D.C., Baltimore, Philly, uh, Asbury Park, Stone Pony, you go to New York and play in Connecticut. So we do seven or eight dates in the 80s. And, and we do one set. All these places are packed because there's national bands. 
and we're making a fortune yeah. because we got this sound and lighting system that we literally stole from the Wax Museum. That is slick. Because they went bankrupt, and one of our friends was the stage manager, and he said, get down here with your checkbook. They're having an auction, and <laughs> none of them know what they're doing. So we literally bought $200,000 worth of stuff for five grand. Wow. So we went from being just a, a putsy bar band, and now we've, we've got production. We bought a truck, you know, with yeah. a lift gate and all this stuff. And, you know, so you find that once you buy all this equipment, you have to have a way to move it. Yeah. And then you have to have guys that can set it up. Yeah. So it goes from four guys in the band, all of a sudden you got six in the band and five on the crew. Yeah. Dancing girls and elephants and everything <laughs> has to be moved and fed and clothed. And, you know, you're, yeah. you have substandard transportation. I told Pete Evick when he was set to go out on the road for the first time, I said, Pete, you need to take three things with you. You need to take a Frisbee, a loaf of bread, in a jar of peanut butter. <laughs> and he said, what the hell is it? I said, because you're going to have a crappy vehicle. Yeah. It, it's going to fuck up. You're going to be on the side of the road with your thumb up your ass. And the guys in the band are going to look at you and say two things. What are we going to do? And what are we going to eat? <laughs> here's the Frisbee. Here's the peanut butter and the loaf of bread. You asked Pete Evick. His first tour, second day, that exact thing happened. And he had the peanut butter, the bread, and the Frisbee. Because it's going to, but it's part of the way you build up the camaraderie. Yeah. You're stuck in this commonality of experience. You know, whether it sucks or it's great, you're enjoying it together. And you either give up and go, I'm not doing this crap anymore. This is too negative. Or you figure out how to make it work, how to get a vehicle yeah. that you can depend on and things yeah. like that. And so over the years, I've had these different guys and uh, I had a bunch of guys that were good players, but they weren't real serious uh -huh. the last right. five or six years. And then... Uh, I wanted to make some changes, and I called a friend of mine, and he said, man, you got to call Jay Powell. And I'd known Jay for years because he'd come into Jackson played and stuff, and I yeah. called him and said, man, I need a singer, and I think we should get together. And that was three years ago. So we've literally taken the band and completely redone the entire group with new people, Jay Front and the band, uh -huh. and uh, been able to play all these. This year we're going to do 160 shows. Uh-huh. And uh, we've built up all of these places where we went for years and years. Everybody knew the name, the Road Ducks. Sure. And now they're coming back and seeing us and hearing Jay here. We're doing a new record over at Q. Okay. Um, so all these things have come together because of this guy from Strasburg that's changed the entire dimension of the band and the, the vocals. And uh, it's just, it's working out great. And I've been never, I'm, I'm 72. I'm an old guy. I've been doing this. Tonight is show number of uh, 5,756 in the Road Ducks. Dude, I never would have guessed that you were 72. Like, and I, I you know, hey, I would have guessed it. He keeps it going on. I, have yeah. a, I got a good life. I got a great daughter that, that takes care of me. My, my, I have a, I've been dating the same woman for 27 years. And yeah. uh, just, you know, things. I go to school at William & Mary during the week. I get to play on the weekend. So I get to be an intellectual a couple of days in a dirt cool. bag most of the time. So it, yeah. there's balance and it works out great. I have wonderful friends. Yeah. Pete Evick is producing our record. Oh, Excellent. Jeff Salisbury and Pete Evick have been friends since they were, you know, in elementary school. So yep. all of these yep. people that I've known and, and, and run into over the years and stuff, we're still seeing and doing business with, but everybody's moved on up. And so now it's just this, this is great. How could you, you know, after owning Jack's for yeah. 20 years yeah. and knowing what's involved to a club and come in this place, yeah. I'm so happy for you guys and yeah. Jeff Salisbury and the yeah. fact that we still have a venue yeah. like this in Northern Virginia because this yes. is hard to do. This If, if this Absolutely. was easy, yeah. everybody would do it. Sure. And they don't. Right. Mm -hmm. So right. this this places like this need to be supported. Otherwise, they're just going to. Go the way of the buffalo. We're all going to sit around with our thumb right. up our ass, smoking good Virginia weed and going, yeah, I wish I had a live place to go see music, man. And on that note, it's classic rock night here at Salisbury Center. You know, if you're listening, watching the show, because we're streaming live, get in your car, get down here. Yeah. 
come support live music in the D.C. area. Yeah, yeah. We need you. Yeah. Do you miss Jackson anyway? Do you miss that that scene? I miss the excitement. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a couple years ago, I went. I, I'm friends with the guys at Nissan, so I get Jiffy Loop, and uh-huh. I got the. They give me a backstage pass so I can walk around. I just like to walk around and talk to people. And I went to see Iron Maiden, uh-huh. and I'd had Bruce Dickinson play at Jacks a couple. A wonderful guy. Yeah. And uh, I run into Pete Evick. Yeah. So you know, between hanging out with the rock star. And the former club owner, I mean, literally a thousand people came up and talked to us just from, and they're all Jack's people. Yeah. And, you know, right. so I see these people on a regular basis at the metal shows. They're all very, you know, we missed the place. We had so much fun there. A lot of great memories for people. I miss the energy, especially with Kicks, yes. uh, Rat, yes. Cinderella, you know, all those guys I was friends with, Fog Hat, the yes. Southern, uh, Greg Allman, all those guys that would play there. It was so exciting. Yeah, and it, it brought it, you know. And I grew up. My parents' house was on the golf course yeah. next, next to the place. So in my backyard, you know, my dad had been president of the country club in the '60s. My lawyer was Matt McConnell. Yeah. His mother was Elaine McConnell, who was the Springfield supervisor on the Fairfax board for 42 years. Okay, that's how I got my license. That's how okay. I was able to have a screaming rock club. Yeah, next to a very bucolic country club. Sure, in, right. In right. you know upper middle class West Springfield. Yes. And, you know, and I'm doing the misfits, and the people are like, my God, the aliens have landed here. <laughs> you know, which and I got the biggest kick out of that stuff. And, you know, and, and it, the funny thing is our keyboard player, uh, John Booter, uh, got an MBA at Syracuse, brilliant kid from New York, and he calls me when I bought Jack's in, in uh, 93, 94. I opened it in August of 94. My first show was Great White. Yeah. And uh, wow. in 96, John Booter was a working for the uh, Department of Defense. He was buying weapon systems for the Marine Corps. And he calls and says, man, I've hooked you up on the WWW. You got a website and you're good to go. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And I said, what, what? in the hell yeah, are you? Yeah, yeah. And so he's trying to explain to me yeah. about the internet. Yeah. And I am like, whoa, dude, I didn't know what it was like. He was tripping and I was stuck. I had no idea. Uh-huh. So a week, he says, you got a website, it's got maps, it's got hotel, all this information, your concerts and stuff. So a week later, I'm working the front door and we got Blue Oyster Cult. And there's a really nice couple comes up and they got licenses from uh, Charleston, from South Carolina. And I said, you guys live up here? And they go, no, we live in Charleston. And I go, you up here on vacation? He said, no, we drove up to see Blue Oyster Cult. Uh-huh. I said, well, how the hell did you find out about Blue Oyster Cult down in Charles? They said, we went to the Blue Oyster Cult website, and they had a hyperlink to yours. So I called John Booter and said, man, I need a hyperlink. So we put hyperlinks on everything. Yeah. We were the first place to have a website. The next thing I know, I got more people from Ohio and Pennsylvania Uh in the club to see Sabotage than I've got from Fairfax (laughs) County. (laughs) Yeah, right. And half of my business started coming from further than 200 miles away. Right. When I first opened the place, Hammerjacks had just closed. Mm -hmm. So there was a big void from that major scene over there. And I tried to continue doing many of the same bands. Mm Mm-hmm. And a lot of them, you know, because there was no other place for him to play. Seth wasn't doing them down at the 930. He was doing yeah. all alternative stuff. Yeah. There was no tally-ho. There was no right. state. There was none of these other places. So I kind of was able to get a lot of these bands to play, and we, we developed a relationship. Yeah. And they kept coming back. And, they, you know, we'd only held 500 people. Yeah. But they know it was going to be sold out. We would do stuff for the European bands. Uh, being a musician, yes. if they were going to start their tour on a Thursday, 
It was much cheaper to come from Europe to D.C. than to go to New York sure. or to Los Angeles. Sure. And if they were going to start for me on a Wednesday or a Thursday, I'd let them come in Wednesday and set up. I'd close on Wednesday, uh-huh. let them set up so they could rehearse. They didn't have to rent rehearsal space. I'd right. feed them right. the extra day so, you know, happy fed musicians sure. or happy guys. Right. They'd go back. And so I was getting Hammerfall and Meshuggah uh-huh. and Amana Marth and all these killer, yeah. really heavy bands from Europe. Yeah. You know, it's a real small scene over there, and you got to go play at Jackson. I was able to get so many of these people. And then we got this website that's working. Yep. And all things were to just... And then the guy that owns the shop and that had a, a computer store. He's still there, TCI Computers. Abby, this Afghan guy, calls me over one day. He says, you know, Jay, I close at 6 every evening, and uh, I have a T1 line. And I said, well, what is that? He said, well, I can hook you up with a router, and you can use my T1 line because you could stream your concerts live. Uh-huh. This is in 98. Right. So I did Uriah Heap, their first uh, date in America, that did the Uriah Heap tour, and we streamed it live. Two days later, I get an email from some guy from Africa <laughs> that had listened to it in his village uh-huh. on the Internet. And I, whoa, dude, this has gone from, you know, me having a club in my backyard where my right. friends can come to now I got some guy from Africa sure. sending me an email going, man, this is really cool. So you realize that, that the whole dynamic of music had changed because of the internet oh, yeah. and streaming yeah, and all these different platforms and things that were coming out. So it was an exciting time to, to see the changes that were happening in music and, and the, in the, in the way that music was being presented. But it was also a challenging time because they were trying to figure out how to monetize it so the bands right. didn't get ripped off. Right, right. right. So, you know, it, it really interesting how to do that. And now... Between Jay being in a band his whole life and Michael, our bass player, and myself and Jeff Bean got all these really experienced guys, we don't know what to do, but we know what not to do. Right. So we've been able to eliminate a lot of things that were the negative, and we've been able to buy sound and lights and a, and a bus to move all this stuff and you know everything but the dancing girls and elephants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then going into the studio, Jay here, and I, I, you need to start talking, bro. Uh, <laughs> oh, but it's so interesting to listen to I you. know, and I, I, I'm on a roll, man, and I need yeah. to shut the hell up. <laughs> but Jay has made all the difference in the world, and I, I want everybody to know just what a phenomenal singer and just a great guy to be in a band with he is why thank you jay <laughs> no it's it's been a it's been a hell of a ride uh, actually coming into the ducks man because uh uh but, but before this i pretty much was just kind of making a living being an acoustic player i've been i've okay. been in plenty of bands but i was uh i was just kind of sick of the whole thing man and right. uh and jay came along well a mutual friend of ours uh, actually kind of connected us sure. uh, on that uh, God bless Mokey Blouser. He he was, uh, I used to be in a Southern rock band called Ambush with him uh-huh. years ago. And and uh, he was the one that, uh, I guess, let me hip. Because I guess you you actually might have tried to hit him up. Well, the- I called him and I, I said, Mokey, I hadn't talked to you for a couple of months. How you doing? He said, man, I'm, I'm fucked up, man. I'm dying of cancer. I'm in the hospital in Winchester. Mm. Yeah. And I said, oh God. Mm. I said, well, I'll, you know, call me when you're, and he said, no, what do you, what do you need, man? And I told him. He said, uh, you got to call Jay Powell. So I called Jay, and the next day, Jay and I got together and had a meeting. The next day, I called to talk to Moki, and he died. Mm. So his dying gift to two of his old wow. friends was yeah, to, to hook us up together. And so Dude. this was not a cosmic serendipitous right. Something aligned and something happened because it just clicked between he and I. And we were able to, we just, wow. this is the way I'd like to do things. This is the way I've done them in the past. What do you think? And so I... We agree on a lot of things, man. 
You yeah. know, he he runs the music. I run the, the I take care of the management and the booking wow. and all of that stuff. And I do it because I get to play drums. Yeah, I've always wanted to just be a drum. Then I own my club. I can't play. I got to yeah. you know, run the club. And sure. my love has always been being in the band. Yeah. And now with these guys, it's it's magic every night. It's just it's fun. We have cool. a great time. Cool. Now that weed's legal, we can legally get stoned. <laughs> and, you know, play some music and just you know old hippies having a good time. Yeah. And people have really responded to the band hence you know the 160 gigs this year all over the place and uh the new record and the deal we're going to get uh, either with atlantic or capital uh it, the future is real bright but it's fun it's not oh god we got to do all this right, and uh, right. we get to pick and choose where we play and how sure. we do things and uh how we present ourselves. Well, you guys will hear us tonight, and I, of course, I think you're going to have a, a. You're going to go. My God, I cannot believe this is the same band yeah, because yeah. we drank a lot of alcohol, uh-huh. and uh, you know, yeah. so, uh, drunkenness. Like the Kinks used to say, "Tales of drunkenness and cruelty." <laughs> <laughs> we were experts at that, <laughs> but none of us drink. Uh, Jay will have a, a beer every now and yeah. then. I'll have a glass of wine occasionally, but it's certainly not the right. Jack Daniels and the and Budweiser the and the right. cocaine and all yeah, the yeah, hookers yeah. and blow and all yeah. the stupid yeah. just yeah. Yeah. no wonder none of us had any money yeah. I mean I yeah. wonder why right, right. You know? I was going to ask you care about it in your 20s <laughs> is that like you, you've described great longevity like both of you yeah. in different avenues and throughout your career you think that's the secret like kind of backing off well you, you know, better love what you're doing in the first place man uh-huh. if, you're, if you're in the business to get rich you're in the business for the wrong reason yeah straight uh-huh. up man if you, if you don't love the process if you can't get into the process why are you here? Yeah. Sure. Why are you here, man? Because yeah. if we didn't love doing this, man, we... Uh, I yeah, still got to pee three or four times before we play and yeah. bite my nails. I still get that feeling yeah. in my stomach like I got to take a note home from the principal to my yeah. mother yeah. after school and your guts are churning. Sure. And I call that the fire in the belly. And I said, yeah. man, yeah. when I no longer oh, have that, uh, that is when I'm going to quit. Because if I just it. don't have that spark and still now playing yeah. here tonight, I'm, you know... Right. All excited, new place. You know, you want to do well and stuff like sure, that. Get sure. the ball rolling. Jay lives here in Manassas, so okay. got some old friends here and yeah. stuff, and you yeah, want to awesome. do well. So yeah. the vibe is just, wow, this is so conducive to what you want to do. And yeah. if, if you can't play well under these circumstances, you got no business being sure. in this, I, I would think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Is, this, is this your first trip down here to the Salisbury Center then? Uh, no, I've, I've never played here before. Okay, but, right. uh I was actually hanging out a couple of weeks ago with watching Enough's Enough out here. Oh, and, yep, uh, okay. yep, yep. And, and our boy Pete, man. I've yeah, yeah. seen him do his so thing here. I really got a shout out to Pete, man. Um, yeah. I don't know if you ever get to get him to be your producer in a studio, man. Uh-huh. This cat knows his shit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's yeah. got to be one of the nicest guys sure, ever. Sure. I mean, d- d- honestly, just a super sweet guy. Yeah. But, and he. To, to look and talk to him, you'd never go, this guy is this dynamic, <laughs> animated, in-your-face. Yeah, yeah, oh, this yeah. is what I mean. It, it's like he goes into this, this this different mode, sure. but it's inspiring. Yeah. And he's right. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the proof's in the pudding right. and the results. I'm listening to the results, and I'm like, God, this is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's mixing a lot of this in his apartment yeah. here in Manassas. Sure. Technology. So yeah, you don't yeah, need yeah. to go to, you know, and I said, right. Pete, do we need to go to L.A. or Nashville? He said, why? Yeah, yeah. He said, stay at home. And he said, Q, they, they got the same gear at Q. Right. They've got at these other places. But what they don't have in L.A. or uh-huh. Nashville uh-huh. is Pete Evick. Right, right. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. He and was that, our first podcast guest. And what? Yeah. how long did that go? We. It was well over an hour. Well over. And it was a comfortable hour. 
you know, it wasn't. Uh, yeah, he's you know, the real deal. Yeah, yeah, he's the yeah. real deal. He'll been here in Bart. And yes. ja- you know, these yeah, guys were all in a band called Midnight Sweet, and yes. they come over to Jack's oh, yeah. as a bunch of 15-year-old kids right. with hair down to their ass. Yes. That's where I actually first met you. I ah, was the good old days. with that crew. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was part of the entourage, basically, that came in. With but it. they came in the first time, yeah. and they were, they were so far better than anybody else in their peer group. Uh-huh. And just to cut above talent-wise in the way that they approached it, I said, these guys have got yeah. something because they were serious. Yeah. And you could tell Pete Evick... You know, had that focus, yeah. and nothing's changed. He's yeah. just, he's yeah. just accentuated yeah. the positive of everything he's tried to do. His kids are great. Yeah, you know, I just, I love the guy like a brother, and I've known him since he was, you know, fourteen years old. Yeah, yeah, sure. And uh, you know, the, I told him when he came into the club the first time, I said, "Son, you know, you're probably not going to make it in this business unless you get yourself a haircut." <laughs> <laughs> Every time he sees me, he says, what do you think, man? I still haven't gotten a haircut. <laughs> it's okay now, Pete. Don't worry about it, man. It's yeah. good. You're good, bro. You're good. So you guys have had, like Jeff Wist said, great longevity, have had very long careers. Technology in the music industry has changed quite a bit from when you were starting. Talk about that. Has that been a good thing, bad thing? What's your perspective on well, I think uh, I had to be kind of dragged kicking and screaming into the digital age uh, when it came to the recording process. Old, you know, old school recording musicians love that two-inch tape. Right. And, and uh, of course, you, you, you're paying, you know, $300 a reel to put right. a single song on it. And um, it, there, there was a lot of warmth in it. But uh, in the digital age, though, you know, uh, we've really gotten used to it now. And now I... I Really appreciate actually being able to do that because really it's more cost efficient mm-hmm. but there's a lot more you can do now um, you know if, if you have one slight bad note it could be corrected sure um, I mean although all you young men, musicians please <laughs> rehearse, <laughs> rehearse yeah. correct it yourself yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. because yeah. there's nothing worse than listening to an album that you love yeah. And you go see the band play live, and you go, what the fuck was that? Exactly. Yeah. Either yeah. everything is sampled, yeah. and nobody can sing, and you can tell the guy is you know, not singing. Right. So what we do in the studio, we can do live. Right. We're alive because we played so much. Yeah. And I, I said, I don't want, I don't want to be a one-trick pony. Mm-hmm. You know, I have bands come into Jack's, had multiple albums. Everything sounded like a different version of the same song for 10 years. Sure. Okay, I said, let's do a variety. Let's have everybody contribute. Let's have everybody write. Me and the keyboard player wrote a song. I wrote the lyrics. He's writing the music. Jay's written stuff. Our bass player, Dexter, our guitarist. Yeah. So everybody's participating. Uh, we got a percussionist. Uh, not here tonight. He's coming back from the beach. But Paul Thompson was in the jazz band at Fairfax High School, uh-huh. which you had to audition to right. get into and be right. able to play that with, with Dick Heinze. And sure. that, they were world class and stuff. Yeah. So he's not only a great drummer, awesome. but he's a hell of a percussionist that really adds that awesome. that Almond Brothers, yeah. you know, that 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 just whoa, dude, yeah, yeah. you know, it gets your ass up and you're playing with the blues and stuff. It just adds that that bottom end you're doing the funk. It really yeah. adds that texture to what you're trying to get to uh, to appeal to people. And when we talked about doing a record, I said, you know. Every station in, in every city in America has a classic rock station, mm-hmm. but there is no new classic rock. It's still Rod Stewart, yeah, Pink yeah. Floyd, Bob yeah. Seger, yeah. Led Zeppelin, sure. the, the Beatles. Over and I said, if we could release a record with good vocals, yeah. and stuff people could dance to that's yeah. produced well, there is a market, and we found from going out playing 
And we get a lot of young people come see us, but we have a lot of people between the ages of 50 and 80 Uh that are coming that are still like to party. They're still shaking it down and having a good time. And they're the kind of people that we're hoping to sell this record to. And Pete Evick says, man, you're going after a completely untapped market that we're going to be able to access. And we've got a manager, a guy from... uh, uh, works with live vice president of Live oh, yeah. Nation. Yeah. And so we got these different things and I'd I'd known these people for years and the record thing and stuff and I I didn't have the the backing yeah. with the right guys in the band that, that really wanted to commit. Yeah. It wasn't that the guys I had before were they were great players. Sure. But they got lives, wives and other jobs exactly. and stuff right, right, and right. just couldn't commit. And these other guys that I got now all were independently able to do things and you sure. know Jay's a master carpenter so they had ways yeah, that nice, they can do nice. things and make a living so we could afford to do this because it takes money to get started and now we're almost even and get to actually start making money with a new record coming out and this massive PA and lights and all this stuff but that's okay because we're used to not having any money and not having anything so now we got the tools that we need to be able to go forward we can produce our own you know it's it's Mickey Rooney and, and Judy Garland. Hey, yeah. my dad's got a barn. Yeah. Let's go do a show. We got sound and lights. All we need is electricity, and we can literally set up yeah. any house. At no bar too far, no hall too small. We can, you know, got yeah. the ability to go do it. Yeah. And a lot of guys, do, uh, I don't want to have yeah. one guy go, man, you guys play 10 times a month, man. I get tired playing once. Right. Okay, yeah. well, that's great. Then just play once a month. Go out and be, a, you know, a right. weekend warrior occasionally. But... There's other guys that really like to play. Sure. And when you're doing a circuit of different places every couple, three months, you never get... It's not like, you know, we played Ocean City for 10 years at the Purple Moose from Memorial Day to Labor Day all right. summer long, right. which was a great gig. Sure. But by the time, you know, the middle of August... Right. <laughs> just, take, just get me out of here. I don't want to smell old beer and popcorn. I've enough. I've been to, you know, I've had enough French fries and thrashers here. So, you know, and we played Key West for years, the ski resorts in upstate New York. So we've been able to go to these great places yeah. and have a lot of fun. Yeah. And now we're just, you know, with the electric palm and the, the Harbor Grill down in Woodridge playing these marinas, mm-hmm. uh, Colonial Beach. Yeah. These are fun. We're going back to Ocean City for the first play in Fagers Island, August 2nd. First time in 20 years we've been in Ocean City. Nice, nice. So yeah, it's, cool. we're getting back out there, and it's because of this guy yeah. that, you know, you can get at, you can go in. I can get us in a place once. I was going to say, yeah. give yourself some credit. <laughs> I can get us in once, but to get us asked back and get the kind of money we need is because of this guy's voice. Sure. And the fact that people are listening to him and going, very cool. anybody could play drums in this band. My, my particular forte is booking because I've always done it for the band. Sure. Because of our overhead, we couldn't afford to pay an agent. Right. You know, 15% right. of sure. hundred grand is 15000 Yeah. That's your eating money for yes. a lot of guys. We, sure. I still yeah. live in the duck house that we all bought back in the 80s. Okay. You know, six-bedroom house. We had 11 people living there, and now okay. it's just Bill Culver and his wife and me. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, we've been there since 84 and still got the studio in the wow. basement. And it's cool. It's still a dumpy house, <laughs> but we made the inside nice, and we got, you know, wooded three acres of woods. It's I, quiet. I don't believe the duck house is a dumpy house. I can't see it. It's you know? a, it was built in the early 60s. Uh-huh. You know, it's a little long in the tooth, but we fixed the inside up and I don't care about the aesthetics. Yeah, I'm yeah, about yeah. the functional, man. And it's just, sure. a, it's a perfect place for old hippies to live and watch the sunset. Cool. Very cool. Cool. You got a nice pool in the back. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys, you, you just played a show recently with Kicks at the State Theater. Uh-huh. And so you're you're you know that obviously Kicks played Jacks a lot. Oh, yeah. We've been 40, there forty six times. I was about to say yeah, I, I 
I turned 21 you at turned Jack's 21 at one of those shows. Show. Yeah, uh, uh-huh. I, I, I've been friends with them since 78 when Steve was the drummer. Steve Whiteman yeah, was right. the drummer when they were called The Shoes. Yes. Uh-huh. And we've been when I bought Jack's, I'd use them when it was Zach's. And uh, I, I said, you know, I, I need you guys to help me make some money. And they said, mm-hmm. whatever you need. So whenever I had tax problems, I owed the sales tax or whatever to come yeah. up at 15 or 20 grand, I could book kicks yeah. or docking. Oh yeah, Don uh-huh. Dockin played yep. for me, and he sold out every kick. Sold out every time. Yeah, I, I, I owed the IRS twenty one thousand dollars, and things were going to get ugly in January of two thousand three or two thousand four. And Dockin was playing New Year's Eve on a Wednesday yeah. in Detroit. Yeah, and I called Don and I said, "Man, I'm in trouble. What are you doing this week?" And he says, "Well, tomorrow, New Year's Day, we're, we're going back in the bus to Los Angeles." Uh-huh. I said, "Bro, you off this weekend?" He said, "Yeah." And I said. Let's cut a deal here. Uh-huh. So I wound up paying for the bus. They uh-huh. came from Detroit wow. to Springfield, played two nights for me, wow. sold out both nights. Yeah. I made 30000 bucks. I paid them a lot of money. There. They were thrilled. And I, I had Dockin at their heyday at yeah. the club, and it was magic. Yeah. I mean, Jeff Pilsen, uh, Mick yep. Brown, yep. these guys, uh, George Lynch. Yeah. They were on fire. Yeah. They got to play two nights, so they didn't have to go anywhere. The second night, they played two hours and 20 minutes. Yeah. It was, it was, but things like that just kind of fell into your lap. Yeah, absolutely. But without guys like that and Steve and the guys in kicks 46 times, yeah. and they sold out every time. I promised myself I would never promote again when I sold Jacks, but the last three times they were at the state, I promoted those. Sure. And sold out with them and stuff. Of course. And so we've got the track record, and they have played a long time. Yeah. They're, um, I, they're not. They're very apprehensive about something happening to Jimmy, who's already yes. had two heart attacks. Yes. Yes. And when you've been um, amigos since you were teenagers, sure. the last thing in the world you want to do is turn around one night and, oh my God, of course. you know. So you can understand where they've they've Absolutely. had their run, and they yeah. and with the money they're making, this was probably not an easy. No. decision yeah because yeah. they're really really good yeah at what they do and once again there's some of the i found the best musicians were the nicest guys uh-huh sure. the ones that were the assholes were the ones that weren't really that talented You're right so what they didn't have in talent they'd kind of make up for yeah. an attitude yeah. vince neal <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 but uh you know you you wish i wish them absolutely the best of everything and continued success steve deserves was, was it tough for you though like you know knowing that was kind of your last show that you were playing you know i can imagine what that would feel like with your history well and you know that it, it, they always brought an unusual level of excitement yeah even three or four days before they'd show up someplace you could feel the uh, it, it was palatable you Absolutely. could feel it the electricity in the yeah. air and they delivered every time because yeah. there's never a kick show where you got you got to wake people up because they fell no, asleep right. in the back and the I whole know. place is right you know singing yeah, oh, along yeah. and they know the stuff and it, it it it's a wonderful experience i always thought they were one of the underrated heavy metal absolutely. bands absolutely. i didn't think they got anywhere near the respect that they deserved no. absolutely especially agree, for man. the yeah. quality of the shows that yes. they've delivered over and over yeah. and over again yeah. Yeah. and yeah. still the nicest bunch of guys in the yeah. world right. yeah, all of them man. and yeah. we've probably seen them 30 something times i don't even easily, know but easily. never ever once was it a bad show yeah yeah, yeah. That's, that's what professionalism is, and you're going to make sure that the audience is going to want to come. And that's how you sustain it. You have people leave, and they go, man, that was a, we had a great time. Yeah. yeah. And that people will spend a lot of money to just, especially now, yeah. after COVID, yeah. where you realized how precious just going out and sitting outside, watching a, a band, having a beer, smoking a joint, listening to some music, and all of a sudden you couldn't do it. 
And right. if you did, you were scared to death that yeah. I might have right. given somebody, you know, yeah. I might have gotten, and oh yeah. my God, what's going to happen here just for going out and having a, and now that things are back and people are, they're, there's such a degree of just, let's keep it simple. I'm happy to go back and just doing simple things right now uh-huh. that I wasn't able to do, and I realized how much I missed uh-huh. those simple things. We're playing a show next Saturday that they started doing during COVID. It's called the Island Party. Uh-huh. It's at the mouth of the Occoquan, and these guys bought a 15,000-square-foot island, Holiday Island, <laughs> covered it with uh, AstroTurf, uh-huh. and uh, the last four years, it'll be the fourth year we've done it, uh, we have two bands play. Cool. And last year there was 165 boats in a circle around the island, a thousand people. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, naked women, people <laughs> jumping in the, the water. Boat. Exactly, the world of boat. <laughs> but because uh, because of COVID, when every place was closed, they started doing it so we could at least get together on the river, sure, and party on our boats. Yeah. And it was such a success. And, and we're right. expecting 200 boats this year, and it's it's just so much fun. Awesome. But it's just it's simple. Just go out in the boat jump in the water, listen to some music, yeah. eat some food, have a good time with your friends. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. What, what a awesome. novel concept. You, you talked about the legacy of Jax, you know, and, and you've had, I'm going to switch to the road ducks now because you've had, you described a lot in, in a lot of detail, a long career. And obviously it's a big name. It's been around the East coast for a while. What do you, in your opinion, what is the legacy of the Road Ducks, you know, over time? Hard work, fun. Mm-hmm. I have more people come up. We used to see you guys at Tech or Radford or JMU yeah. or UVA. And you guys were always so much fun. Yep. I never had anybody in the band that took themselves too seriously. Uh-huh. We always realized that the synergy between the audience and the band was was key. Yeah. And, you you know, that's why we always point out people and... And, you know, birthdays and stuff like that and try and interact with the audience and make them feel that they're part of what's going on uh-huh. as opposed to we're the band right. and you're the audience right. and there's this, right. you know, uh, east right. is east, west is west and never the twain shall meet. Right. And it's not that way at all, that you, you need these people. And any musician will tell you, you get an audience that's ready for you to play and they're yeah. fired up, yeah. you can not feel the, the energy and it is scary. Uh-huh. It sure. is scary. You get ten to 12,000. We've only been able to do that a couple times. Uh, you know, Leonard Skinner brought us on stage at the Capitol Center, introduced us, thanked us for keeping their name alive after the they did not played for many, many years after yeah. the plane wow. crash and stuff. And, you know, you got 20,000 people, and I'd never been on a stage with that many people in the audience, and it's like waves of sound, and it's overwhelming. Sure. I mean, I was, I mean, I got off yeah. stage, and my heart was sure. beating a million miles, and I'm thinking, how the hell? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Could you walk out here and try and, you know, and have to be good because these fuckers have spent 50 bucks right. a ticket yeah, or whatever. Yeah, right, right. And, you know, yeah, I waited right. six months and you guys yeah. suck. I'm really pissed. Yeah. I'm not going to get laid. My wife's mad and, you know, yeah. bought, bought her a new outfit and yeah. fuck you guys. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no doubt. And you're like, God, what the hell happened? Here? So <laughs> you, you want to be able to produce for the audience and have people have a, a pleasant memory. And that's what they seem to remember about us they always had it and of course most people don't remember the end of the night but uh, right, yeah, they were right, told right, they right, had right. a really good time <laughs> right. all right well yeah we'll let you guys get because you know you're, you're getting yeah, to yeah, show time to, here oh boy i was gonna say we gotta don't put take my too much tux on man <laughs> we i think we talked to f at all literally about five minutes up to five minutes before they played so they're running out of here with their hair on fire. They don't want you to have that experience. Well, we so. appreciate you guys taking time to have us up here on your show, and yeah, we'll, we'll be yeah, happy to you, come man. back. And yeah. I pleasure. promise I'll let Jay talk more the next time. I, <laughs> well, I like listening to you talk. Yeah, <laughs> and we, we thank you for the time, and we're Absolutely. really looking forward to the, the show tonight and giving us a little bit of time. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. If you're around again, we will 
love to do it again. So don't forget us. We'll be here. Continued success to you guys in the club. This is really important that people participate and understand what the significance of this place is in Northern Virginia. Be yes. thankful. Appreciate nothing like it. live music. No, there's it. nothing Gotta like it, man. It. And it's expensive. Support your local band. Make sure Absolutely. you come out and see these guys and stuff. Let's help perpetuate yep. this for a long time to come so young people can understand what it's like yes. to come to these places and get as much joy yep. as we've gotten out of the years. Absolutely. It just doesn't going work out. on the phone. It just right. doesn't work that no, way. No, it sure doesn't, man. Yep. And it, it, completely yeah. different thing. Yeah. Jeff, you guys take care. And thanks yeah. again, Thank you very man. much. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. See you guys. All right.